Well, hello. Welcome to another Scientology. What is this called? <laughs> Scientology Fair Game Podcast, Leah. Thank you, Mike. How are you, Mikey? I'm good, Lily. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> Today we have a, another a returning, uh, returning, returning OG, returning friend, Aaron Smith Levin. Welcome. Thank you, Leah. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Of course. So today, Mikey, what are we talking about? We're talking about the fact that Aaron, uh, as you say, our old friend, who he was on the aftermath in one of the more memorable episodes in season one, talking about his brother, his twin brother, and disconnection, and the the famous SP dog. And if anybody hasn't seen that episode, they should take a look at it because it's both heartbreaking and hilarious. And that'll be posted on the, the Fair Game website as well as on Mike's blog. Absolutely correct, ma'am. All right. Absolutely correct. And Aaron, for those who, who did watch the show, what's the update on the SP dog? You know, he's getting old now, Lee. It's been a few years. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's eight and a half human years now, but uh, he's doing fantastic. He's going to come on the campaign trail with me. And the and your Scientology neighbor has still disconnected from him. He's, she's still not petting him and talking to him. That is true. She is still disconnected from him. But uh, Goliath has a lot of new people in his life who love him unconditionally. Lo- <laughs> that's a lo- that's lovely. That's a lovely update. Thank you, Aaron. And how about Scientology Fair Game? How has that been treating you? You know, we're about to find out. <laughs> I mean, so, uh, you know, over the last few years, they've um, every every now and then I'll check the website. I, I mean, you're, I'm referring specifically to because the main fair game mm-hmm. when when my episode aired on your show is they put up the website AaronSmithLevin.com, which is all about what a horrible uh, person I am, w- w- you know, worst Scientologist ever, you know, um, wife beating criminal. I mean, it's pretty over the top. So um, th- there's that, uh, that website itself is fair game. And every now and then they update the website. Whenever they update it, it just makes it obvious that these guys, you know, first of all, they can't let anything go. Um, they, they still engage in surveillance on people they consider critics and enemies. Mm-hmm. Um so on the one hand, I want to acknowledge that it's still going on. But on the sure. other hand, I sort of like to get the message out that it only gets to you if yeah. you let it. Yes, right. And your wife, Heather, her her family has still disconnected from your wife, Heather, and your children, right? The great Scientology parents, the epitome of family, and uh, an organization calling itself a church has still uh, divided this family simply because... You no longer want to be a Scientologist. It's correct. Even even the non-Scientologist members of the family have to disconnect from us because otherwise the Scientologist members of the family will disconnect from them for even being connected to us. So, But they think they do, right, Aaron? That's the point. They think they do. We, we, we hope that as we get out, we get less indoctrinated, you know, we, we start to think for ourselves that other people are not subscribing to this nonsense, right? Because they, they can simply say to those other family members, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to disconnect from Aaron and Heather and the kids because of your crazy policies that destroys families, but they choose not to. And, that, and that's simply the truth. It's true, yeah. All right, thank you for the update, Aaron. 
Um, now, look, the reason why we have you on today is because, Mike, I'll let you take over because I feel like I've done uh, enough talking. Oh, wow. You're going to be silent for the whole rest of the episode? I didn't say that. I just said oh, I'm going to okay. let you take this over because. <laughs> Okie dokie. Yeah, go ahead. Because you, there was just a lovely article with you uh, and, and Aaron in uh, that Tracy McNannis wrote from the Tampa Bay Times. You should also put that up on the website, Mike. But, but yes, you, you know, that's why I want you guys to take it over. Cause... Okay, okay. Yeah, well, the, the reason we're talking to Aaron particularly today is because at the beginning of the campaign season, he announced that he is running to be elected to the Clearwater City Council. And is it the same council, Mike, that Mark Bunker is currently uh, on, on the board of? Yes, it is. Okay. The city, the city council of Clearwater consists of five members, and Mark Bunker is one of them. And Aaron hopes to be the second uh, to join Mark Bunker. Two out of five. And the others are Scientologists, right? No, 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 oh, no, gotcha, no. Gotcha, there are no gotcha. Scientologists on the city council. Scientology has inveigled its members into what's called the Downtown Development Board, gotcha. which is this advisory thingy that doesn't really have much function, but is sort of a little PR schmooze fest that they do. Um, but people who are listening to this that don't live in Clearwater may wonder, well, so what? Why do we care about anybody being elected to the city council of Clearwater? And there is a very good reason. Uh, and I'm going to give you my very good reason. Aaron has another one, which is just equally as good, but I'm going to give you mine. Clearwater is a microcosm of Scientology in the world, and it is also under a microscope in Clearwater because Scientology's presence in Clearwater compared to the overall size of the city and the population is larger than anywhere else in the world. Yeah, and that's partly because Scientology, we've done a show on this, Mike, but uh, and you guys should see that special as well, that, that episode of, of uh, The Aftermath, because we show in that, that that Scientology's purpose was to have the first all-Scientology city, right? Absolutely. What, it was called Project what? It was, it was, what was it called? Was it called Project Clearwater? Normandy. Normandy. Project Normandy. Thank you. Yeah, That was the original one. And then there was another thing that was announced of targets and goals for the year 2000 or something, which was make Clearwater the first Scientology city. Which is a pilot for how Scientology plans on conducting itself to take over another city and another city and another a city. A city near you. And that is why you should be thinking about the importance of what goes on in Clearwater vis-a-vis -vis what is happening in every city around the world where there is a Scientology presence. Because you can look to Clearwater, and because it's, it's bigger and more under the microscope, and you can see what they are doing and how they plan to go about doing it everywhere else, where it may not be so obvious. But believe me, what happens in Clearwater is they want to have happen everywhere in the world. So it's important. Aaron? So um, that's a fantastic reason for people to care about what's happening in Clearwater. Um, the reason I want people to care what's happening in Clearwater and the reason I'm running for council is I am firmly dedicated to getting Scientology's tax-exempt status removed. 
And I think that in order to do that, we need two things. We need the ammunition and we need the political will. Um, I believe we already have the ammunition. We need to work on the political will. The ammunition is the documentation of the crimes that are being committed daily in Scientology here in Clearwater. And Aaron, sorry to interject, and has been going on since Scientology's inception. Exactly. Well, as Mike can, can attest to, uh, you know, the work that we do with the Aftermath Foundation that helps people who are escaping from Scientology, in addition to helping these people, we put them in touch with the authorities that are interested in these crimes. Okay, this is an ongoing and will be a continuing project. Okay, so we need to work on the political will. Now, maybe I'm just being optimistic, but I think the reason that we don't see more political will is that elected leaders, particularly in Congress, have fallen for the Scientology propaganda, that they're this massive organization with 15 million members, and you should treat them with deference and respect, and you should be careful, and you should not get on their radar. Right. We know better. Mm-hmm. We know better. And even though Mike pointed out earlier that you know the, concentr- the number of Scientologists in comparison to the total population in Clearwater is probably greater than anywhere else, yeah. it is still so small That not only has a Scientologist never been elected to the city council, a Scientologist has never even attempted to run because if a Scientologist ran for council, it would expose this lie that Scientology has been telling that they're exponentially larger than they are. So the best thing they can hope for is just to tell the Scientologist to vote for my opponent and hope that that's enough to beat me. They can't actually run one of their own members. And so I guess what I'm saying, Leah, is that The Clearwater leadership needs to be the one beating the drum and setting the example and having the loudest voice that Congress demand the IRS review and revoke Scientology's tax-exempt status. And if if me running for Clearwater and and being in your face about it, that there's nothing David Miscavige and Scientology can do to prevent me from winning or or to hurt me or whatever, Mm -hmm. if doing that is just the first step in sending the message to the federal level politicians that, hey, guys, not only should you not be afraid of this organization, right. but if you were to take a stand on this issue, you would be celebrated. Right. That's, that's kind of the long-term goal that I'm sort of working towards here. And, you know, the city council run is just the, the easiest and most obvious thing I can do about it right now. Right. And it's not just Scientology that you're going to get involved with, right? There's other things you want to tackle. It's not just getting Scientology's tax exemption Exactly. Uh, challenge, right? So you, you will be doing other things for Clearwater, right? Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Clearwater has a lot of important issues. Um, uh, ironically, a lot of them kind of peripherally relate to Scientology. We've got yeah, well, the Imagine right. Cle- well, the Imagine Clearwater project. It's an $85 million project being uh, mm-hmm. funded right now to revitalize the, water, the bluff area of downtown Clearwater. Well, who dominates that area? The Church of Scientology. Right, right. Clearwater is spending all this money in hopes of finally attracting non-Scientologists back to the downtown area. Well, guess who's fighting it the hardest? Scientology. Right, okay? right, right. So I, it's, there's, I'm not going to be a single-issue candidate, but the fact is I think the candidate Clearwater needs to move the conversation forward to get actual change is a candidate who's going to be relentless on demanding something be done about Scientology because up until now, the status quo of Clearwater leadership has not been effective at all. Right. Well, there were a few people at the time who had the balls to do anything about it. Mike, unfortunately, you were on the other end of this fighting them. But it was Mayor Cazares, uh, Ray Emmons, and and Bob Minton. 
uh, and yes. at the time, uh, Mark Bunker. A- and since then, there hasn't been anybody who has really been standing up to what's going on in Scientology. They're in Clearwater. And, you know, listen, I want to I want to just say this, and you guys, please, Mike, you could talk about this, and Aaron, taking away tax uh, exemption from Scientology does not mean that they can't practice their quote-unquote religion. No one is challenging what they want to believe in or that they should be able to practice Scientology as they see fit. There is a difference here. The only reason they're able to do that is by having tax exemption, by not paying the taxes. By the way, I just want to remind everybody the reason why organizations have tax exemption is because they're supposed to be helping the community. They're supposed to serve some type of purpose. They do not serve any purpose to the community at large. Yes, maybe once in a while they hand out some water for a picture op, but to amass $3 billion and to use that money that is not meant to go after people, to hire private investigators, to make websites, to update those websites every day, to destroy people's lives, to have the best in every state, the best law firms at their disposal. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about challenging, right? Not only do they not provide a public benefit, but in Clearwater specifically, they're actively working against it. I mean, Clearwater's looking to revitalize its downtown area. Scientology's purchased over $100 million of the prime commercial property in that area just to sit on it and leave it empty and vacant to prevent Clearwater from being able to revitalize itself. Now, why? Just remind people why Scientology would go out of their way to buy buildings to keep them empty. Why? What is the purpose of doing that? Because the flag land base does not want non-Scientologists around it. Why? 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 Because it's a special high-level organization. You can't join Scientology there. They only want the richest and the most accomplished Scientologists to come to flag. And if you don't provide any benefit to them, they don't want you around. And they consider non-Scientologists to be a, a security risk to the flag land base. So Clearwater has an a very unique Scientology problem. And Scientology is literally waging war against the city of Clearwater. And it's mm-hmm. as if the leaders are either oblivious to it or they think that if they don't publicly acknowledge it, then we can pretend like it's not happening. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it hasn't worked so far. I mean, Scientology will go so far as to bring pizzas downtown to attract the homeless people to interfere with the, um, the business of the, of the actual restaurants that are open. You know, like instead of figuring out a productive way to help the homeless, they use the homeless to try to interfere with business and economic activity. Like it's really disgusting. Right. Uh, Yeah. So not only are they not providing a public good, they are actively hurting the Clearwater public. And I mean, Mike, that problem is unique to Clearwater, but, you know, a similar argument could probably be made elsewhere. Right. I, I just want to make two points about the tax exempt status. One. The unspoken in what you said, Lee, but very important, is that tax exemption as a religious organization Mm -hmm. basically exempts you from any governmental oversight. There are very strict laws that prevent um, intrusion into the practices of and and the financial accounting, etc., etc., of religious organizations. There is the Church Audits Procedures Act, 
and there's no way for anybody to ever find out how much they spend on private investigators, how much they spend on hacking people's emails, how much they spend on lawyers. There's no way of anybody discovering that information when they are tax exempt. Right. So that's a very important point about their tax exempt status. But from the perspective of Clearwater, there is a very compelling reason for Scientology's tax exempt status to be taken away for the city of Clearwater. Okay. They are the biggest loss of revenue for the city of Clearwater in the entire city. In other words, Scientology likes to say, oh, yes, well, we're the largest taxpayer in downtown Clearwater. And that's because they are forced to pay certain taxes like for renting out hotel rooms. You have to pay a bed tax. Okay. And that that's not exempted for religions because religions aren't supposed to be renting out hotel rooms. Okay. So they do pay a certain small percentage of tax. Mm-hmm. Maybe, uh, I think it's like, 20% of their actual tax bill is what they pay. Okay. It's, it's somewhere in that region. That difference between 20 and 100%, and the, at 20%, they're the largest taxpayer in downtown Clearwater. If they were paying 100%, Clearwater would have a flush budget. Right. The city of Clearwater. So from the perspective of Clearwater, there is no place on earth that is more important for Scientology's tax-exempt status to be reviewed and revoked by the IRS than in the city of Clearwater because they're the ones that are taking it in the shorts. They're the ones that are having to provide the fire, the police, all the services of the city and not collect the taxes. Right. So from just the economic perspective of the city of Clearwater, this is an urgent matter. And as Aaron said in the article that that Tracy reported on, look, if Clearwater can't get up in arms and demand something be done about it, how do we expect anybody in the federal agencies to do so? Right. And that, I think, is uh, an extremely important point to make. And why do you think that no one has done anything about it thus far? Well, if we're talking about, uh, you know, the, the law enforcement Department of Justice um, aspect to that, Mike's going to have a better answer for me on that. When it comes to things like uh, the House or the Senate, when we're talking about Congress, mm-hmm. guys, we have to remember how small Scientology is. I mean, right. when you get to the state level and the federal level, Scientology is not even a blip. Right. Anyone's radar. So it's like they they kind of figure why bother? They know that it's really not worth right spending tax dollars and and they don't really speak for their constituents because nobody Scientology is such a small amount of people that it it's not something that a that a senator can get around, right? Like I'm going to fight this fight because no one's really asking them to do so because there's not many Scientologists in in America. Right. That's a valid argument, Leah, but I would respond to that by saying, well, yeah, but Mr. Congressman, who doesn't have any constituents, you also don't have any constituents. Uh, You also aren't in the uh, elected representative for Larry Nass's um, practice. So you can ignore the fact that he was abusing children because you don't have any constituents that were abused. No, no. 
You got to get behind and stand up for what is right when you are an elected official. What is good for the society? What is right. good for people in general? You can't just limit yourself to, oh, well, I don't have any constituents, so yeah. tough, I'm not interested. Yeah. I know that's what they do, Lili. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know that. Yes, yes. So, but then, but even what I meant specifically when I was referring to its size is like when you get up to the state level, there's so many things on your plate that if someone's not actually asking or demanding you to help with this Scientology problem, it's not on your radar. And, right. you know, Mike can attest to this because he and I have met with a number of, um, you know, local leaders, people who privately talk a really strong game on Scientology and who privately <laughs> are uh, very excited at the prospect of meeting you at some time in the future, Leah. But then at the end of yeah, the conversation- Yeah, they can kiss my ass. <laughs> when they do something for us and the victims of Scientology, that's when I'll have a bullshit lunch with them. But yeah, yes, exa exactly right, Aaron. You're so right. It's like they'll sit with you. Big fans, Mike. Big fan of Leah's. Big fan. Saw your show, Aaron. God, that broke my heart. Yeah, man, it's fucked up, but I can't do shit about it. But do me a favor. Will you take a, uh, a picture of my daughter? <laughs> <laughs> but then at the end of the meeting, you know, one particular person said, this was a person holding elected office here in Clearwater, mm -hmm. said, you know, at the end of the day, I'm going to do what's best for uh, me, my family, and my business. <laughs> and my response to that is, if that's how you feel, get the hell out of elected office and make way for people interested in doing something, right, you know? Right. Yes. And, you know, this is, so. so what I meant when I'm talking about the size is like, if Clearwater, Florida's not demanding help, mm -hmm. it's totally ridiculous to expect someone higher up the food chain is just going to offer it. We have to be leading the charge. Mm -hmm. And um, that that's why I'm running. Yes. Well, Aaron, I think it's great. You know, we support you wholeheartedly. Anything we could do to help, this is one of those things. So what, what can people do? Is there a website or something that we could have people go to to support you? And and by the way, you said something very interesting. You said uh, in uh, in one of your tweets, you said, you know, it might be suspicious. I'll, I'll let you, you could say it. You were talking about uh, getting support from out-of-state people. But go ahead and tell people what you posted. Well, yeah, yeah. The tweet was, you know, for a city council race, getting a massive amount of funding from outside of the city can be a red flag. Yeah. But in, in my case, it's just a sign that the entire country wants to see Scientology get its ass kicked. Right. And 90% of the donations to my campaign, it's been less than a week. We have over 120 individual donors. 90% of those donors are from out of state. I've actually done a little, like a little Google Maps thing. It's all over the country, the center, the coast, north, south, east, west. It's everywhere. Yeah. And um, anyone in the country who wants to support the campaign can just go to AaronForClearwater.com. Um, and anybody who wants to... Um, uh, stay up to date on what's happening on the campaign. Can watch me at Growing Up in Scientology on on YouTube. Um, but Aaron for Clearwater .com is where people can uh, donate to the campaign. Okay, good. And then let's talk about the aftermath, the foundation, because people continue to ask me about this. Like, why don't you guys start something? Could you just explain for those listeners who don't know? It explain what the aftermath foundation is who started it and what it's for. And then I want to talk a little bit about how you guys have helped people. Yeah. So the Aftermath Foundation is a, a nonprofit that um, was set up after the first season of the Aftermath show mm -hmm. um, to help people 
who want to leave Scientology and want to leave the Sea Org, but don't know how they're going to do that um, after experiencing disconnection, in some cases losing family, friends, jobs, housing. So uh, the foundation was created. Uh, the founding board members are myself. Uh, Luis Garcia is the president. Uh, Mike Rinder there is on the board. Mike's wife, Christy. Mark and Claire Headley and attorney Ray Jeffrey are the founding board members of the foundation. And, um, you know, we we get support from non-Scientologists all over the world. I was I was amazed by that. I was amazed when I saw the amount of people who were like, hey, I live in North Dakota. If anybody needs a place to stay, I'm not a Scientologist, never in, don't know any Scientologists, but... If they need a place to stay, I'll let them live in my house. Therapists, the, like just good people, just donating anything they can, their services, their homes, money. It, it, it's a beautiful thing what you guys have started. It really is amazing. Every single week we are helping people who are leaving Scientology. And how do people, um, because, you know, you can't just walk up to a Sea Org member at flag, I mean, Mike can't even get a hold of his children without Scientology calling the Clearwater Police Department, a service they don't pay for. Um, so how do people get a hold of you, Aaron, if they're, you know, because I think a lot of people think all Sea Org members are stuck at gold and can't get off the base, so they don't understand that you do have access to other Sea Org members. How, how does that happen? The most common way we end up getting put in touch with Sea Org members is through extended friends and family mm. who have come to learn something like uh, the person is sick and parked off in a convalescence home. I mean, anyone anyone who stumbles online and starts to have a conversation in any of these forums um, uh, like Reddit or Facebook or Twitter – just through six degrees of separation, they run into someone who's heard of the Aftermath Foundation. So it's through extended family who have maybe left Scientology quietly, and so they're still connected somewhat to that Stewart member or Scientologist. That's right. Yeah, okay. That's right. Or or it can just be non-Scientologists. Right, right. Like people who were never Scientologists who have a family member who got involved yeah. But they've stayed in touch with them. It could be their mother. It could be their yeah, sister. Yeah, they just have never whatever. Sp spoken publicly about their not wanting them to be in Scientology. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Okay. But they hear from their family member, Yeah, I'm having problems. I don't know what to do. I'm unhappy. I'm sick or whatever. And then they find the Aftermath Foundation and then... Well, Aaron, you go ahead because you, you, deal, you deal with most of the people that reach, you know ultimately reach to the foundation. So, Well, yeah, I mean, a, a very specific example. We were contacted by a guy who has never spent a day of his life in Scientology. And he sent us this story of, hey, there's this woman. I knew her 25 years ago. We were really close. Then she she disappeared off the face of the earth. She joined the C organization. I never heard from her again. She, um, she connected with me on Facebook last year. I've been gently talking with her, trying to get her to open up to me about what's happening with her deal with Scientology. And I'm thinking to myself, when we, when we first got this reach, I was like, this story doesn't sound possibly true. Like it doesn't sound possible. And it turns out this is a woman who'd been in the Sea Org for over 25 years. She was sent out 
to work at one of these regular, uh, it was uh, one of these regular class five organizations. We don't have to define the whole thing, but she was sent out to a non Sea Org organization because they didn't have enough staff. And so after this person was basically working in the real world for, for some time, she got a phone and she got on Facebook and she started looking up old friends. And once she got comfortable enough, she opened up to them about how she really wasn't happy and wanted to leave, but didn't know how. She doesn't she she doesn't know how to drive. She didn't yeah, have a she driver's was license. Isolated most of her 25 years. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, uh, through small baby steps, because this person was a Sea Org member, Leah, she didn't want to associate with big, bad, suppressive people. Right. Like you. <laughs> but, you know, through baby steps, um, we got her to the point of saying, I really want to leave. And if you guys can help me, I want to do this. And so through the help of our volunteers, mm-hmm. we were able to have a volunteer pick her up, take her home, pack her bags, take her to the airport and get out of there and get to where she wanted to be. And we got her set up with an apartment, with a job. We got uh, through driving school, a driver's license, a car. You know, like she is now living a new life. Um, And, uh, you know, like this is only possible through the support that we get from our volunteers. We have thousands of volunteers all over the world who've offered to do whatever's necessary to help people who are leaving Scientology. So it's a real heartwarming story. Yes. And how is she doing? She's doing fantastic. Yeah, good. And I'm sure so grateful for what everybody has done for her. I mean, this is a new chance at life. You know, yeah. it's just a second, second shot. Yeah. And you've done this for people over and over again. And I know that, you know, you're, you're, you're not allowed to, um, you know, talk about everybody because you want to respect their privacy. And unless, you know, they're talking about it. So that's not the only success story. It's just, it's just one of many, but most people that are that are still coming out of Scientology or a cult like it, you know, they they don't necessarily want to promote <laughs> in their new life, right? That that's what they came out of, or they're still yeah. processing it. They're still dealing with it, and they're not ready to, you know, uh, discuss it. They're not ready to to come out uh, publicly, and that's okay. I mean, even um, you spoke with uh, you had Ian Berg on your podcast a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, when he was on his way out of Scientology, he swore that he would never be someone who was speaking out and and trying to, you know, help other people leave. And yet he did get, you know, we were able to help Ian Berg on his way out of Scientology. And then, you know, given enough time to decompress, sure. then then he wants to, you know, do something publicly to, to help others uh, see the light. So. It's true. Not everybody wants to tell their story. Uh, right. In fact, very few of them do. And that's okay. Yes, it is okay. Right. I mean, uh, I, I hold people in the public eye, like myself and, and Mike, to a different standard, only because we were very vocal about promoting Scientology. And I, I felt a responsibility uh, that I was vocal about the support of Scientology. I should be just as vocal about uh, helping people to get out of Scientology. And some people uh, don't feel that they have a responsibility in the public eye who got people into Scientology, who promoted Scientology. And um, I do feel a certain way about it when it comes to uh, actors who have left and musicians who have left who are just kind of going on their merry way while the rest of us 
uh, feel a sense of responsibility and receive uh, the attacks of Scientology day in and day out. People ask us every day, you know, hey, do you get harassed by Scientology? Every fucking day. I just don't talk about it every day. Every fucking day. That's exactly right. The fair game goes on. Yeah. You know, you were very vocal about promoting Scientology. You should feel a responsibility now to be very vocal about why you left. And that you don't just says a lot about you as a person. And I don't respect it. You know, sorry, still there. Because, like I just said, I receive it every day. My family receives it every day. Mike's family receives it every day. Aaron's family receives it. Heather receives it every day. People are devastated over losing their families, but they felt they needed to speak out and do the right thing or talk to the authorities or file a police report. And that you sit around when you are a celebrity and you have some protection, some protection, you have the public supporting you. You have, uh, you live in houses that are somewhat protected. Uh, not that it mattered in my case recently, but okay. Um, you protect yourself in other ways, right? You have uh, ways to protect yourself. And uh, most, the average person who's speaking out against Scientology doesn't have that, doesn't have that protection. And so, yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, and by the way, try to reach out just to say, if you need anything, you don't need to speak to me publicly. I mean, the, th- the thing about the, those people is they have a platform where they could do something. Sure. They have a voice which is louder than the run-of-the-mill average person. They have the ability to make a difference, yeah. and they're not. And that is, that is, you know, reprehensible because this example was very striking to me, you know, and I was, I was sort of taken aback by just how inhumane and rotten and terrible it was watching those U.S. gymnasts testifying before Congress. Right. I mean, that was horrifying. Yeah. And it was, unfortunately, also... I went, oh, yeah, I've seen that. Oh, the FBI didn't want to do anything? Oh, they they sort of ignored you? They treated you like there wasn't really anything happening? Oh, this is just a random uh, piece of, of uh, stuff that I don't need on my desk. Let me figure out how to get rid of it real quick. Right. That is what happens when there is not enough demand and public outcry and voices being raised. And only when there is do you start seeing things happen like Larry Nassa finally getting arrested and prosecuted. Yes. And it's consistent, Mike, you know. I know. I know how heartbreaking it is to go at something. You think it's enough to speak about it. You think it's enough to do a documentary about it. You think that should be enough. I mean, and, and I'm sure people listening out there have tried to affect some change in the, even in their own communities, at their job, at their, you know, schools, at their children's schools. And, and you know, they, they've met with mayors, they've met with their council people, you know, and, and it's really about not giving up, even though there is no glimmer of hope or you feel like you're not getting anywhere. 
It's not giving up. That's the key. That's what I tell even actors. I hate to make that analogy, but I'm like, listen, it's not always the person who's talented. It's just a motherfucker who won't give up. Right. Yeah. Eventually you'll get there. (laughs) Yes. 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 Thank you for making that point, Leah, because I was sort of struggling to get to the point that I feel is really important, which is just what you said. You've got to keep persisting. You've got to pull in more and more people and more and more voices and and more people demanding something happen until the noise is loud enough that something happens. Yes. Because that is the only way these things change. And you could just be one person. You could just be one person. Just don't give up. Right. Keep going. Keep going. That's You'll right. get there. You know, listen, we all have days where we want to give up. How many times do I say, Mike, why are we, why do we continue? Let's just retire. Let's, you know, we all we have did those bit. days. Yeah, we did enough, right? But listen, and I'm sure you feel that way, Aaron, as well. And so does Claire and Mark. And we all feel that way at times. You're not going to feel great. You're not going to, and days you do need to give up. There are days when you do this kind of work that you need to give up. Give yourself a day of Netflix. Give yourself a day of not thinking about it or a week. Get rest, but then get back to it. Yep. Yeah. It's true. And and when it comes to just having the will to not give up, you know, one of the things I'm trying to show is that the more Scientology opposes you, uh, the more the people in the community will support you. And if I, I think if people in power, the elected leaders knew that it's it's not only that you shouldn't be afraid of this organization, but that people will celebrate you for leading the charge in um, taking action against the criminal activities of this criminal organization. Right. And even religious people should be um, leading the charge against even this. Even more so should real churches be backing up what you're talking about, because like I said, this has nothing to do with religious beliefs. This is a criminal organization. That's right. Doing things today that they have in writing. They're at, it, and I've said this to Mike before. If the FBI, by the way, feel free to contact me, have a whole, a whole room full of books. Garage full. Well, I didn't want to say where it was, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> But they don't know which garage. I, I welcome anybody to come and try to get them. Get past Louie. I do welcome that. <laughs> get past me. <laughs> and Ange. Um, yeah, and Louie. <laughs> Both Louis, actually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But they are a fringe group. They, are, they could be considered a very dangerous group. What they teach, what they promote, and what they are secretly doing and have been doing since its inception. Did I speak out of line in any of that, Mike? No, no, no. Leah, do you know that that's what the German government has maintained for the last 25 years, that Scientology is a threat to the constitution of Germany? Hmm. This is why Scientology has had such an issue with Germany, because the Germans are super, super, super sensitive about master races and, right. you know, superhumans and et cetera, et cetera. And the teachings and writings of L. Ron Hubbard 
uh, rubbed the Germans the wrong way, like big time. Like as well, it should. This is the rise of the Nazi youth, the the return of the superhumans, blah 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 blah, and Scientology because it does not believe in wog law and the rule of law and the criminal justice system and governments, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, is actually a threat to the constitution of our country. Right. And Scientology has done a lot over the last 25 years, less so recently, to lobby the United States State Department to bring pressure on Germany to stop this because it's such bad PR. It's not very well known. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not something that is that is widely understood the German government, and also the French government, frankly, but the German government in particular, mm-hmm. has taken the position that Scientology is a threat to the constitution of the country. And truthfully, that is the case everywhere. Mm-hmm. Just like you said, yeah. the, the fundamental teachings of L. Ron Hubbard and fair game and his attitude towards the government, his attitude towards the law, civil authorities, et mm-hmm. cetera, et cetera, is anti-constitutional. Agree. It just is. And Mike. I agree. Yes, Aaron. Well, correct me if I'm wrong here, but you know, Scientology has spent a lot of time and money trying to basically infiltrate and co-opt the religious right in this country to try to shield itself and protect itself under this cloak of religiosity. And, yes, you know, if religious leaders would stop falling for this nonsense and realize just how anti-religious Scientology really is, this is why they push this line that you can be a Scientologist and be a Christian. Well, if that's true, the IRS can revoke their tax exemption on just that statement because... Scientology and any organization to be recognized as a religious organization has to say and has to believe and has to apply this datum. And that is that they believe in only what they believe to be true, to be their doctrine. If you are a church going, well, we believe in some other things too. We believe in a little in Buddhism. We believe a little in Christianity. We believe in a little bit of that then you don't get tax exemption. And the Scientology's answer to the IRS, Mike, which I hope you please post that as well. I will. The reason they got it, well, was because they were fair gaming the IRS, but that's let's pretend that the IRS aren't <laughs> the pussies that they are. So that and the fact that they said, we believe in only what we believe in. This is our own belief system. We came up with it. We only believe in Scientology. To the exception of all other faiths, we have given up all other... When you agree to be a Scientologist, you're saying, I believe in nothing else. I don't believe in God. I don't believe in Jesus. I don't believe in Allah. None of that. But then they go to get money and to get support from other churches. We believe and respect the religious beliefs of others. Really? Not anything I've read. <laughs> so, but Leah, I did a, a video recently talking about Joy Villa and her Christian hypocrisy thing. Oh my God, I can't. Her, Stacey Francis, selling that they're Christians. I, it's insane that people fall for this. Go ahead. 
Well, I, I was going to say, there were so many people who commented on this video that said, oh my God, I didn't know she was a Scientologist. I just thought she was a Christian leader. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's not. She's she's a Scientologist one million percent. There's nothing, ain't nothing Christian about her. So she had just posted how she's, you know, she's down in Johannesburg doing full-time training in Scientology and the only time she has real success in life is when she puts Scientology first and everything else second. Mm. And I tweeted, as I tweeted at her, uh, Joy, what about Jesus? Mm-hmm. Did you put Jesus second as well? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, uh, uh, Joy has me blocked on Twitter, so she didn't see that. Well, though. all Scientologists have us blocked, baby, because they they flunk their first course and uh, one of their major courses, which which is being able to confront upsetting elements in their lives. Uh, they cannot uh, engage with us on Twitter, on social media. If they saw us in the street, they'd run from us, which is so funny because they're always so brave on, on social media, right? They all, they kind of, you know, they just seem like they're just brave as all fuck. Yeah. But not so much in real life. Yeah. yeah. It, it's so funny, these guys that take pot shots at us and then run. we're blocked. Right. Like they actually don't want to hear back from us after no. they've said whatever they don't. But but Mike, even if I saw one of these people in the street and I said, "Hey, listen, I want to talk to you about the shit you said about me and my fit," they would run. They have run, Mike. And I'm like, "Oh, what's up? What's up? I'm unclipping my hair. I'm already unclipping my hair. I'm already taking my rings off. What's up?" <laughs> Uh, Leah, before we wrap up, before yeah. we wrap, can I ask uh, ask yeah. Mike a question specifically? So, Mike, you're obviously an expert on what Scientology has done to at least try and get um, influence in the political realm. So, I would ask this: If Scientology can't even keep Mark Bunker and then me from hopefully getting elected to Clearwater City Council, my question is: What influence do they really have? Where is their influence? How? Do they, what levers are they able to pull on to have any influence at all? Well, how Scientology has influenced these days primarily is through money. If you can buy an influential lawyer, you you watch these documentaries like that one about the opioids and you see the big pharma hiring the former head of the FDA, who's now in a private law firm, to come work for them, to lobby the people that he used to be in charge of. This is the way that organizations with a lot of money gain influence. They hire lobbyists. They hire lawyers who are connected. Well, like Scientology hired the former U.S. District Attorney for the Southern District of California to help them deal with the FBI investigation that was ongoing in Southern California in 2009-2010. That person goes and effectively advocates on behalf of Scientology to the FBI or the DOJ or wherever it is that you go and says, you know, these are good people, blah, 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 you don't want to take this on, blah, 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 blah. The second thing that they do is while they don't have votes, Scientology, particularly in Clearwater, has used their celebrities to seek to schmooze politicians. Yes. And, mm-hmm. you know, this this in the past has been the way that, you know, Pam Bondi became like spokesmouth for Scientology. 
in in Florida. The former attorney general of the state of Florida and then Trump's right hand, whatever she was, was a Scientology sympathizer because they did fundraising events and mm-hmm. invited her and had big, like, there is no doubt that there are a bunch of Scientologists who have a shitload of money mm-hmm. right there in Clearwater. I mean, the gathering of the Scientology money whales is focused on Clearwater. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people there, you know, what's her name? The, the Bob Duggan's wife, mm-hmm. she gave Trish. $4 million to the Trump campaign. I mean, that's a lot of money. She's got money to burn. It doesn't matter. She'll give it to anybody that Scientology tells her to give it to. So that is money is the way, not the votes. Mike, this might have been the answer. This might have been the answer. If you were in OSA right now. Yeah. Other than if if the answer is just, I just gave you the answer. Is this a campaign that you would go after Aaron, knowing that Aaron was running for city council? Oh, no, there's there's much more. What There's would much you do? More that would happen. Well, first of all, like there was a, a political consultant in Clearwater named Mary Repper, who okay. Tom DeVocht and I originally hired to help us with political campaigns. And she was buddies with the state attorney and blah, blah, blah. I, w- I don't know if she's retired, but whoever it is today that is the the go-to person for political campaigns in Clearwater that has connections to all of the establishment people, all of the the old-time guys that don't want the status quo disrupted for whatever reason, I would go and hire that person and get them busy on organizing a campaign against Aaron politically. Then I would have a whole bunch of PIs. There would be PIs crawling all over everything, Osa would be pulling out his old files, Mm -hmm. everything, everywhere, everywhere he goes, start harassing the people who are connected with him, his friends, anybody who is assisting on his campaign, you know, like start the, it's dangerous to be around Aaron Smith Levin campaign. Gotcha. And then start with the rumors Oh, Aaron Smith Levin is a drug addict. Aaron mm-hmm. Smith Levin is a drunk. Aaron Smith Levin's a child abuser. Aaron Smith Levin's a dog abuser. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Start spreading those sort of Start spreading the news. Start spreading the news. I don't know what the next line is. We need we need Angie here. I'm <laughs> leaving today. And Leah, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Tell me. I welcome every second of it. And I love that about you, Aaron. But the problem with it is, it's not necessarily that anybody will believe it. It's that they just say, look, we don't want to fuck with it. You know what I mean? Like, nobody wants Scientology picketers outside their office saying religious bigotry has no place in America, right? Aaron, they might not believe it, but they don't want to be involved with it. They don't want Good that. Good point. That's the point. That is the only point, Aaron. That's their power. That's their power. If you ask truly what it is, that's why when Valerie left Scientology, I said, listen, if you want to live a life, I don't give a fuck who shows up, Valerie. I don't care if you spend your time 
watching porn. I don't care if you, if you have dildos. I don't care if you confess to masturbate. I don't care. None of it. I will not fire you. If she worked at Starbucks, <laughs> what? Why are you laughing, you two? Uh, just funny examples to <laughs> Oh, it always, go, it always like... goes to sex, by the way. Oh, with me, it always goes to sex. Uh, but, like... but... <laughs> all right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Because that's what they use against you. That's why I'm saying it. Because that is predominantly what Scientology uses. Exa- you're exact. Yeah, that's yeah. why I was laughing, yeah. Leah. Yeah, yeah. Because okay. in the real world, nobody yeah. gives a fuck about that. <laughs> that's the power, Aaron. You're exactly right, Leah. You're exactly right. But let me just say one thing. One thing. Maybe the last thing. Go. The beauty of all of this is. Elections are secret ballots. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Nobody has to say who they are voting for. Mm-hmm. And if Scientology makes such a mess out of this, I guarantee you, uh, you know, uh, whether some people believe that the press is the enemy of the people or not, mm-hmm. I tell you what, the press in Clearwater is the friend of Aaron Smith Levin. Oh, yeah. Because if Scientology goes berserk against Aaron, it is going to get covered in the local media. And the local media is the Tampa Bay Times. And the Tampa Bay Times is the only media of any note in the entire state of Florida. And Tracy McNamanis will write the articles that lay out exactly what is happening. And well, as Aaron isn't said she a earlier... Wait a minute. Isn't she yeah, a religious she is a religious bigot. bigot. Yeah, per, they per, called her that all the time. Okay. Yeah, all the time. Okay. But okay. but the as Aaron said earlier, the harder Scientology tries to stop someone from being elected, and the worse things they say about that person, mm-hmm. the more support there will be in the community. There will be people who would not otherwise vote who will get up off their butts and go vote next March just to make that point. Well, we hope that happens, and it's already happened. You've already given us, a uh, Aaron, a huge uh, amount of support, as well with the Aftermath Foundation. Thank you to all of you who do that and support yes. all of us continuously by listening to the podcast, by listening to and reading our books and supporting our shows. I cannot thank you enough. Mike can't do the same with Aaron. And so again, Aaron, it's for Aaron for clearwater.com. Is that right, Aaron? That's right. F O R Aaron for clearwater.com. And you could again, see this on our, uh, fair game podcast, uh, website, as well as on Mike's blog and Aaron, thank you again. And, uh, we're going to have you back on pretty soon. Hopefully, uh, to give us an update but thank you for all that you do and uh, thank you all for listening and bye Mikey bye Lily bye, bye everyone bye Aaron thank bye, you Aaron. so much bye thanks for having me on of course of course baby.